Welcome to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show. Mike is one of the nation's top realtors and is highly regarded as an authority in residential real estate sales. Mike Bell has nothing to sell but great wisdom. You're going to love this show. Now, here's Mike Bell. Welcome back to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show. Thank you for listening. I'm a licensed California broker. My broker's license is with Keller Williams International Realty in Pasadena, California. I actually sell homes for a living. Uh, we're going to be with you for the next hour. We're going to be talking about the future of development. But first, let me get through some business first. This is a call-in show. So we can be reached, this is live, at one eight 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 go for it one eight 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 go for it one eight 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 four six three six seven four eight 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 four six three six seven four eight you can also reach me on my personal cell phone eight 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 four oh one one five 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 eight 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 four oh one one five 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 and my email is mike bell at kw dot com my website is the mike bell team dot com I'm on Facebook LinkedIn Google me I have hundreds of websites. Uh, we do websites for a whole bunch of all of our properties. Anyways, I'm here. I'm very, very, very excited. I'm here with Michael Deaton. Michael is a uh, developer. He's not your typical developer. And he founded Creative Housing Associates in the mid-1990s. And cities love working with Mike. Um, welcome, Mike. Thank you for, for having me here. Um so you describe yourself, we were having lunch earlier, as a uh, town builder, and I, I'm curious, why do, why do cities love working with you, and what makes you different? And what's a town builder? Well, the town builder concept was uh, prevalent prior to the Second World War here in America. Uh-huh. And uh, that meant that real estate actually was only developed by demand. If the... Uh, uh, woman uh, who wanted to have a bakery, she would go to the town builder and say, Mike, I want a, I want a 2,500 square foot bakery, and could you build that f- uh, for me? And, and, uh, and Mike would build it. Or if you wanted a house, a, th- a three-bedroom, two-and-a-half-bath house for your family, the, the town builder would build that for him. Unfortunately, after the Second World War, things changed dramatically with real estate, and it became much more of a commodity. And that's why we have the enormous uh, sprawl developments that we see throughout the United States and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and to a great extent here, here in California, where people are living further and further away from their jobs. They're using the automobile and gasoline to commute in, spending hours needlessly and, and in gridlock. What my business is about is reversing that trend, yeah. to have people live more – uh, in a more concentrated way in the inner city, uh, in brand new developments that are mixed use, they're walkable neighborhoods, they're close to transit, mm-hmm. they're close to schools, they're close to parks, and they have all the amenities that are right there in an accessible way. And, and this is what the new generations are demanding from the real estate business. Well, that's, that's how we met. I actually bought one of your, I, w- I bought one of your houses, one of your properties, eight years ago. Yes, I remember you well, and uh, and and you became a friend, and, and you and you ended up uh, 
selling several of the homes there to families that um, most of which are still living there. I loved and, it. I, I couldn't. I couldn't believe what a, an amazing idea having mixed use with lofts over a bakery. Uh, I think it was a, a, back then a bicycle store. Um, they've changed and a flower shop. A flower shop. Yeah. Uh, what was attractive about that, what Mike is referring to, is Mission Meridian Village, which mm-hmm. is in the little town of South Pasadena, and it's right on the gold line. Mm-hmm. And what we were able to do is form a public-private partnership with uh, the city and and the metro, the transit agency, and we provided the public parking. And then on top of that parking, we built 5,000 worth of uh, square feet of retail that has, a, as Mike referred to, a little cafe bakery that's still there, Sally Cook, about 1,500 square foot cafe with outdoor dining. Fantastic place. And, and then up above are, are a whole variety of different housing types from mm-hmm. lofts to flats to townhouses of, of a, a variety of different sizes. And it was very successful. And uh, and it's and, and I'm very proud to say award-winning, and it's become a model for transit-oriented builders throughout the United States. You have two big plaques that are bolted to the structure that talk about all the awards. Uh, actually, I don't know. If, I think you knew this. I have a website for the development. I, I tend to do a lot of business there. It's missionmeridianvillage.info. But it's 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 worth taking a look at that. I have a whole bunch of pictures in there. I think I did go on that recently, and thank you very much for that. You, I'm going to hire you to do my <laughs> PR as well. <laughs> I think it's important for people. I mean, there's there's a uh, there's actually one of the plaques is actually a description of part of the process that you had to go through. Is I don't know what was that a ten year process for entitlements and all the. Things you had to do from the time uh, you first saw it? Uh, Mission Meridian uh, started in 1997, and we completed it in 2005. And, and uh, uh, doing these complicated uh, public-private partnerships, urban infill, are time-consuming. And uh, uh, now uh, it's much different because cities are more used to it. They've seen uh, more of it. And so it's easier now to go through the entitlement process. But back then, all of these concepts were very new. The city of South Pasadena was not used to having a commuter train coming through. They were afraid of that. They were afraid of the density that we were proposing, mixed use, subterranean parking. All of these things were new concepts with lots of fear. So we had to work very closely with our neighbors to uh, to address those fears, in which we did. A lot of folks just didn't get it. Even uh, parts of the industry. I don't know if I. I don't think I told you about this, but I bought one of your lots over there, and I got financing from a company that's a bank that's no longer in existence. But I remember when the appraiser came to the place, I had to open up the door for him to get in, and he looked at me and he said, "This is weird. This is goofy. Why would anybody want to live here?" And he asked me who the buyer was, and I said. Uh, it's me. <laughs> I, I, I just I was astonished yes. that somebody from the bank, an appraiser that probably looks looks at three or four properties every day, uh, you know, I was, it was it was disappointing. He didn't get it. The, actually, the appraisal came in very low, right. and I wound up having to go to a different bank. Uh, yeah. That was disappointing. Well, further on that, Mike, uh, is is our lender there was uh, Wells Fargo Bank, mm-hmm. and they sent out an appraiser when we were all ready to go. And uh, when he saw the lofts 
on the plans, he said, he reported back, he goes, uh, this is a huge mistake. No one will ever buy those lofts. There, there are none in the marketplace. And there's a good reason for exactly. it. Exactly. The people are not used to that type of living. And, and these should be changed out for a traditional townhouse. And my investors went crazy with this, the bank. And so we had to work with the appraiser, show them various lofts that were happening in downtown Los Angeles. And then finally, reluctantly, he crossed out those sentences in his report and amended them and said, maybe these will work. And uh, what happened was when we... When we opened for sale, I remember there was a line up the street, yep. and it took us about an hour to uh, to sell the 14 lofts. And nobody backed out. I remember that. I was waiting for somebody to back out, hoping yes. to buy one of them. Right. Another, but no, 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 no luck at all. So uh, talk about new urbanism. That was how it was. That was a new term back in 2005, 2006, 2007. Um, talk about new urbanism. Uh, new what? urbanism is a, um, a term used to describe an approach to real estate that's in reaction to what I talked about earlier in terms mm-hmm. of the, of the sprawl shopping center type of development where it's completely auto dependent. It kind of defies our nation's history and, uh, it leads to, uh, uh, traffic congestion, uh, air sure. pollution, and all of the horrible things that go with that. Uh, the, the new urbanist movement started uh, at a retreat in, in uh, California, actually up in Yosemite, uh, uh, back in the 1980s. I think there was 20 people in a room. Now their conferences hold several thousand. It's become an international movement, and it's about building livable communities, that are truly for the human being first and, uh, and the, and the automobile much further down the food chain. And, uh, these livable communities, um, uh, uh, provide a variety of different housing types for people from all walks of mm-hmm. life. You can have the senior citizen living in the same development as we do at Mission mm-hmm. Meridian with the young family. And maybe the senior babysits for the young family so the mom and pop can go to a, a mm-hmm. and, and catch a movie. It's about thinking through all of those livable type of issues and planning for it and having built there. And it's also de-emphasizing the automobile, locating uh, dense housing around transit stations, uh, uh, having all your amenities like the Heirloom Cafe right at your door, so you don't have to get in your automobile and go down and and do your necessity shopping. Mm-hmm. Well, there's also there's a there's a Trader Joe's. There's a lot of other places that are easily accessible within two blocks. Correct. You can and there's also a farmers market every Thursday that's 40 feet away. Yes, that's which amazing. is a wonderful amenity and uh, and, and a, a real asset to that community and to that development. I get a phone call every probably six months, and I just got one about three weeks ago from. Um, it was uh, it was an architect that wanted to tour uh, Mission Meridian. He wanted to bring some developers by, and your your property is actually a showcase property on, in the nation or the West Coast. But it's uh, it's it's been years, and it's still being toured. And a, a number of the owners there, there's 67 owners there. They constantly comment that they're pro- they love the idea that they're they're showcased and there's tours. Uh, well. 
when they can get inside the unit. Now they they tend to call me because I tend to have one, maybe one or two on the on the market at the time, so they get an opportunity to go inside. But what I found about selling uh, that concept, it's there's still some challenges because a lot of people will look at that property on the computer and go, that's kind of that's different. Maybe they'll think it's weird, but we'll get them to come over and then. A lot of them, most of them will get it. It's not for everybody. Not every house is for everybody. Right. But the ones that get it get really excited. And what's interesting in our development is on a price per square foot, we're the most expensive condos, townhouse, lofts, uh, probably, I would say, I'd venture to guess, at least a five-mile radius right. easily. Right, in the entire marketplace. And that's, right. and, and, and that's one of the things where buyers look and they go, why are they asking so much? And then they see the sales prices, and they go, okay, I need, I need to go over there and look at it. And that's why I take pictures of even um, the plaques. It's important for them to see. This is important. You need to take a look at it. Right. And right. Uh, What we tried to do there is put a, a great deal of emphasis in the design. Mm-hmm. It was designed by Stephanos Palazoides mm-hmm. from Mole Palazoides here in Pasadena. And uh, it, it proved out that when you – put that effort in in terms of the quality of the materials. We have all wooden windows yep. there, uh, the detail, that people are willing to pay for that. And uh, and that's often, uh, you don't find that uh, as often as we should in real estate the, the, with, with new development. Everybody wants to really value engineer the uniqueness out of the building. Mm-hmm. And there we, we were lucky enough that we had investors who allowed us to keep all of those details in. And, and what you brought out is we got the value out of it. And, and, and even to the point of we outperformed the single-family detached homes in the neighborhood. People were paying more for a condominium than they were for a single-family home per square foot. Mm-hmm. Actually, if you look at the trends, for I've, I've sold in the last seven years, I think, 23, 24 of the units there, uh, the values never went down. They dipped a little bit in, in terms of they slowed down, but nobody ever lost money. Uh, it's just that's just it's a very very high demand right place right and the study that uh, uh, that we've been uh, uh, been undertaking for the for the past few years is that we've outperformed the marketplace by about thirty percent where at the downturn mm-hmm. uh, values went down about sixteen percent and Mission Meridian went up ten so the delta was twenty six now I think it's even a little bit greater. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing, and those are the numbers that I like to share with buyers to let them know this is a, they're actually fantastic investments. Well, I think we're going to be going into our first break. We're here with Michael Deaton with Creative Housing Associates. Thank you, Michael, and we'll be right back. To the Mike Bell Real Estate Show on TalkZone.com. Here's Mike Bell. Welcome back to the show. This is Mike Bell. This is my show, the Mike Bell Real Estate Show, and I'm turning it into the Michael Deaton Real Estate Show. This is fascinating. Um, so, Mike, before we get our head too ahead of ourselves, how do people get in contact with you if they'd like to give you a call? If a city would like to hire you, <laughs> consult with you. Sure, What's glad the best to provide. Way? Um, we're based in uh, Culver City at the historic Helms Bakery campus, and uh, the address there is 8758 Venice Boulevard, 
in Los Angeles, 90034. The office phone number is 310-836-1342. My email address is mdeden, D-I-E-D-E-N, at challc.com. And our website is www.challc.com. Great. Great. We're open 24-7. Call anytime. <laughs> so am I. Just don't call in the middle of the morning. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm curious, uh, as a developer, uh, you went to the Davos, am I pronouncing it right, Economic Summit. Was it earlier this year or last year? You're, you're, you've got your finger on the pulse internationally and nationally. We were invited, uh, we, my lovely wife, Dana Gluckstein, and I were invited to the World Economic Forum yep. in Davos, Switzerland. That's an annual event with the uh, leaders of, of uh, the international economy. Uh, uh, my wife was a presenter. Uh, she's a, a beautiful photographer. She can be reached at danagluckstein.com, by the right. way. Uh, she photographs um, indigenous cultures from throughout the world. Uh, she published a beautiful book called Dignity. And she was uh, on a very interesting um, panel where artists were asked to uh, use, uh, use their experience on how to motivate political change. And she's brought a consciousness, uh, to the, to the world through her photography and her art, uh, to, uh, uh, bring up the consciousness of, of the importance of preserving indigenous cultures throughout our world. And, uh, and I was just a tag along guest, but, uh, it was a fascinating experience. Uh, uh, seeing uh, how uh, world capitalism is trying to address uh, 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 countries that are at war, countries that are uh, impoverished, countries that need water, they need housing, uh, and uh, and how they're struggling to to come up with the solutions to uh, to, to make our world a better and safer place. Uh, and then bringing it over to America. What are you finding to be the attitude in the uh, in the investment community for in terms of housing development? Well, um, there is uh, the economy is flush with money, yeah, um, and and it's and it's inexpensive money. The interest mm-hmm. rates continue to be very very low, and what uh, uh, the the investments uh, for the past few years have been primarily in foreclosures. We talked about that earlier, yeah. Mike, with Berkshire Hathaway and other large hedge funds uh, uh, buying, investing in companies that are that are packaging these foreclosures, yeah. holding them for a number of years, and then uh, and then selling them. Um, and then now that money has shifted over somewhat to the multifamily for rent. Mm-hmm. And, and that has uh, 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 been huge uh, throughout the United States, again, primarily because people lost their homes and they needed a place mm-hmm. to live, so they've been renting apartments. Um, we have not seen a, a very much available money for the for sale multifamily, mm-hmm. and we are presently now out in the market with a variety of, of other transit-oriented developments um, in, in Tarzana, uh, we're trying to do another one here in South Pasadena. 
uh, one in Inglewood, where uh, uh, we're going to try to do some for sale along with some for rent and uh, and mix it. And, and so it'll be interesting to see how receptive the financing community is going to be to that. And that's what you're talking about. The financing community is the, the, the investors to, to invest in your project so you can get it going. It's a massive amount of money. Both equity and, and debt, yes, mm-hmm. for, for these type of projects. These are, as we talked about earlier with, with the, um, uh, the real estate community and especially the lending community is very conservative. So when you're coming out with, with new projects that, uh, that are mixed use, for example, in our Tarzana project, we're talking about Introducing a Lemley six-screen theater and some restaurants and some creative office and then with residential, and it's all mixed into one with one pro forma, and so that uh, makes the lenders, you know, they're only used to cookie cutter. You know, you have a hundred apartments and we know how to underwrite that, and then, but we're coming in with these very complicated mixed-use projects that are a little bit more difficult for them to get their arms around, but uh, we make. Uh, we have great patience with them, and, and, and we walk them through the steps about how it how it works. Well, what's a little bit unfair is that banks t- typically there's there's some issues, there's some challenges if you have a condo that's in a mixed use building or something like that, and the idea is that they look at that and say there's a high foreclosure rate or there's a high default rate. Well, most of those projects were built at the height of the market or right before anything sold. Around the height of the market has that issue, but they're, un- I think they're unfairly targeting, you know, these developments. And we're still having these problems right now with almost anything that's mixed use or if it's over four stories and it's a condo project or if there's a component where there's office in there. It's just a total challenge. And they almost don't care what the real demand is. I mean, we'll meet the appraiser and we'll, we'll talk to the lender and say there's, there might be 10 offers on this property. Okay, all the offers are over the asking price, but they will still say no because they don't like the project because it has a high default rate, which is unfair, um, and or they'll appraise it really low, even though we could actually show them we have ten offers over the asking price, and they just don't care. But we'll, I think, we'll slowly get through all of this. But right. they're very, very conservative. They're very, very slow, and it's just too bad. Yeah, once all of uh, those buildings are absorbed mm-hmm. and they've been sold out, then you'll see the lenders uh, being uh, more open to the next generation of buildings, which I think will be uh, uh, more interesting, better constructed, better designed, um, and uh, they'll be received very favorably in the marketplace. And lenders are becoming more sophisticated towards towards these new type of products. Uh, they're participating, for example, in the new urbanist movement. They're going to the Urban Land Institute for uh, uh, to see trends, and they need to be uh, um, on the cutting edge of of what the next generation is looking for in terms of housing types and uh, uh, transit oriented and, and the other types of uh, uh, of uh, spaces that people are interested in. What I'm seeing in Los Angeles is that the trend really is it's really difficult to build on a hillside or build in an area where there's a whole bunch of, you know, beautiful lush landscaping. But you, as a developer now, you have to have some kind of a partnership with the city, the local community, and uh, and certainly the push is to have, you know, 
mixed use or you know some type of component like that um, in a more concentrated area. For for one thing, the cities like that they get more income, tax income, and also with, if there's a retail store or something, they get they constantly get income coming in from that. Right. But um, and that's good. And you know it's 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 good and bad. It depends on where you are. I mean, if you really want to buy a a piece of land and build yourself a beautiful house with a view. It's pretty tough these days in Los Angeles. Yeah, I think uh, uh, what has complicated uh, things, uh, in addition to those those mm-hmm. issues that you brought up, is uh, Governor Jerry Brown unfortunately did away with redevelopment. Yeah. So, so we no longer have redevelopment agencies in California, and uh, uh, those of us who are uh, Doing these difficult projects in in the inner city, uh, they're urban infill. They're complicated. They often have a, a funding gap uh, because we're putting in public uses like plazas and public parking, and and bike storage and and uh, daycare centers, and and so therefore we need help from local government to bridge that gap. That that source was redevelopment. There's no longer that. So what we're looking for are new creative ways in which to uh, make up for this lack of redevelopment funds. And uh, we're coming up with uh, a variety of different devices, like there's a a new mechanism uh, called the Joint Powers Authority, where we're combining several different public agencies to use their tax increment, and we can borrow against that because we're adding a great deal to the tax rolls. For example, in the schoolyard side in South Pasadena, that's owned by the school district. It's currently not on the tax rolls. But with our development, where we're putting in 25,000 square feet of retail and 70 new apartments, there's going to be a whole new property tax uh, uh, being contributed. And so we, we want to borrow a portion of that in order to finance the parking, the public square, and the other amenities that we're going to be contributing to the community, and that seems like to be it seems to be the trend. At least I'm seeing architects from all over the nation coming out to South Pasadena and calling me to see the the project that you did. It seems so long ago. It's like oh, ten years ago. Yeah, it's amazing that well, you're well. Ahead that's of the a, curve. Uh, that's sort of the good and the bad. I, I kind of wish that those stories were not always true. You know, there's people from all over the world. I, I'm yeah. often called by by architects from Europe and from Australia and and China to to uh, to meet them out there to give them a tour. I wish there were more examples. There should be more examples. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons why I'm in the business is that I want to be a model for other developers to build more and more of this quality and 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 to make the community come contribution that we try and do because everybody should do it what i'm trying to do is hey if i did it you can do it mm-hmm. you know i'm not a genius here but i just put forth the effort and and uh and we hire very high quality architects who are great designers and they make interesting buildings like every every building should be interesting it shouldn't be a unique thing mm-hmm. well where do you see real estate going where do you, in a Five-year, ten-year horizon in terms of what's being built. What do people want? What do you see being successful? I think here in California, you're going to see 
much more transit-oriented development. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, the state and uh, the local governments have contributed a great deal of money into, into building new trains, new bus lines. Uh, we're seeing it throughout the Southern California Basin. You see it in the Bay Area. Uh, uh, I'm working with the city of Riverside to introduce a trolley system there. And so you're going to see much more of transit-oriented development. The new generation, we call them the millennials, uh, they want to be next to transit. They're not um, identified with the automobile like my generation was. Mm -hmm. you know, like I grew up on 55 Chevys, which were the coolest thing in the world. Well, they don't care about those things anymore. And yeah. so what they want is uh, a, a nice, clean dwelling place to live. They don't spend very much time at home. They spend most of their time at work and in cafes and in, in, uh, and in clubs. Sucking up, sucking up all my Wi-Fi. Yeah. And, and, and they're online, right. And you see them at Starbucks, you see them in cafes, and you see them in clubs. And uh, they want a hip, cool place to live, yeah. but, but they want all their amenities very close, walkable, yeah. or they want to hop on a train and they, they want to be able to get to it, and they don't want to drive a car. Well, we're going to take a break, and I want to go. I want to talk more about the the millennials, Gen Xers, and uh, baby boomers. So, you're in the Mike Bell Real Estate Show. We're here with Michael Deaton, uh, Creative Housing Associates developer, and we'll be right back. Thank you. And now, more of the Mike Bell Real Estate Show on TalkZone.com. Here's Mike Bell. Welcome back to the show. Our discussion is with our guest, Michael Deaton, and we were talking about millennials. I want to hear more about millennials, what makes them different, uh, why are they important? Well, they're the uh, largest portion of the demographic group. Um, they are uh, they are our country's future. Uh, uh, How old are they? They're, uh, they're uh, uh, from 18 to 30, um, and uh, there's, a, there's a difference between the Gen Xers and the Gen Yers. The, the Gen Y are, are the younger ones, and the Gen Xers are the ones that are a little bit older. And, and again, what we talked about in the last segment at the end there is uh, these are well-educated. They're smart. Um, they work collaboratively. Uh, you'll see them meeting at a coffee shop, and, and they'll be trying to create a new company. And uh, they're looking for a creative office space. They're looking for creative places to live. They want uh, a cool pool table and a big screen TV in their community room. They're not getting married yet either. They're, they're delaying marriage to much later in life, to the late 30s. Um, and uh, they uh, ride transit. They're not attached to the automobile like previous generations. Mm -hmm. uh, they want things walkable. Uh, they're athletic to, to a large extent. Uh, they exercise. They ride bicycles. Uh, they're they're um, uh, very ecologically conscious uh, about about air pollution, water pollution. They want uh, good quality organic foods that are available at a, at a reasonable price. They go to farmers markets like <laughs> like the one in South Pass. Um, they're they're very interesting, and what we spend a great deal of time 
researching about them because I'm trying to incorporate our projects to accommodate them. And uh, absolutely, uh, the one in Tarzana. Uh, uh, I, I have a fabulous young intern by the name of Lisa Glancy who does a lot mm-hmm. of research in this area and helps me um, on on what type of a, a floor plan are they looking for? Do they want a bicycle closet right outside their door? Um, uh, how many square feet do they need? Do they want a balcony? Uh, all of these characteristics we try and incorporate into our project to appeal to them. I do the same thing when I'm listing a property. I sit down with the client and I say, let's figure out who your buyer is probably going to be. You never know who it's going to be, but we need to target the largest demographic, which is what you're doing. And I'm doing that on a case-by-case basis, too. Uh, We have a caller. We have Jim from Farmington. Farmington Hills, and he has a question. Hey, Hey, Jim, how are you? Jim, I'm I'm well. I'm a long-time listener, first-time caller. I guess that's what you say when you call into the radio. Yeah, thank you. What, I had what, a question what, for your pardon. Go ahead. I had a question for your guest, uh, seriously, um, about uh, how far in the future do you need to uh, research your plans for for your project, uh, and, and how do you anticipate the the lifestyle needs of the consumers? I know the developments, homes have changed over the years, uh, size wise, amenities. I mean, if you use Apple, for example, are you like Apple where um, they have the next iPhone that they're going to release five years from now on the drawing board? Is that is that how it works with project development? Well, I'd like to think that we're as smart as Steve Jobs and the other guys at Apple, but I, I don't know about that. But it's a very good question, Jim. Um, what we... Uh, what we do is what, well, what I do personally is I spend a great deal of time with young people. I, I, I speak often, uh, uh, with college classes and I teach college classes and I hang out with them afterwards and have coffee and talk. And I want to know what they're thinking and, and, and the type of homes that they're, that they're looking for. And, uh, um, we talked a little bit about trends here. The, the, the overall trends are that the suburban model uh, is not attractive to the next generations, either Gen X or Gen Yers, that they don't want to live out in the middle of nowhere where they have to use their automobile to get a Coke or to, to uh, wash their car or, or to, uh, uh, to get a quart of milk. They want those things right out their front door. And, and so uh, they're looking for an inner-city experience that's also uh, 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 has a high human quality. And the human quality is about human interaction. And they want to be with people. They want to be with their friends. They want parks nearby. They want bike paths. They want access to bicycles. They just want a more uh, uh, intimate, call it a, a European lifestyle. And, and so we study this very carefully and we incorporate these things into our projects. And so they're, they have a high appeal rate to these, to this new consumer group. Thanks, Jim. Uh, I was, quick question for you, Mike. What, what would happen if you went, um, if you try to, to do Mission Meridian Village again today? Uh, the attitudes that have changed, how much faster would it make your project go? 
Well, what was interesting, we spoke about this earlier, Mike, you and I, is how surprised we were that the number of families with children moved into Mission Meridian. Sure. And I think we're going to start to see that, especially in areas that have very high-quality public schools. And in Mission Meridian, I think of the first 67 buyers, there were almost 20 who had uh, children, and that was because of the schools, because if you have to um, – Pay a private school tuition. It can be twenty thousand, twenty-five thousand dollars per year per mm-hmm. child, yeah. and and uh, and that's a big nut. And if you can save that money and uh, and use the public school system and invest that into your own life, put it into a savings account, a college account for your children, you're just way ahead of the game. Absolutely. We have another caller. We have uh, Brandy, and uh, Brandy, can you hear us? Yes, I can. Hi, how are you? Hey, thank you for calling. You have a question for which mic do you have a question for? <laughs> I have a question for anyone who is willing to answer it. All right, go for I it. I work for a construction company over here in Pasadena, and I'm noticing that the price of materials is going up. Um, with this economy, one would think that they should be going down. Do you have any idea how it would start affecting housing at all or what's going on? Good question. Good question, Brandy. Um, you're, you're just starting a construction company? No, no, no. I work for a construction company right uh, okay. now. And we see that okay. material costs are going up. Okay. What, what material costs do you find that are, that are going up? Uh, wood? Um, uh, concrete? Um, uh, I'm seeing that. Pretty much everything overall. Um, I would say, I don't know, lumber. Um, well, copper is coming down, but... Other thing, other things like piping and such, like that's all going up. So, okay, well, I think that uh, what was happening uh, before the Great Depression or recession, whatever we we actually called the last downturn, is that you saw a great deal of product coming in from foreign countries, primarily China, and that was driving the price down. And then all of a sudden, the market completely collapsed, and therefore uh, 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 prices for materials went way, way down. Now things are back up, and the demand is back up. And so you're going to see a little bit of a uh, price increase with materials. Uh, there's an interesting article in the front page of the LA Times this morning about how Builders are unable to find uh, qualified, experienced uh, workforce uh, because uh, uh, skilled people are are, uh, hesitant about signing up for the construction industry again for fear that there's going to be another collapse and therefore they're going to be out of work. And so they're willing to take a kind of a consistent job, but it doesn't pay as much. Uh, to uh, to just have a stable, more secure employment opportunity. That's unfortunate. I think we need to get our, our building economy to a place that's stabilized and where we can attract the highest skilled uh, people uh, because the, those of us who, like my company, who try and build to a high quality, we need uh, very high skilled workers to, uh, to do the, the type of detail that's needed to make a building beautiful. Thank you, Brandy. Thank Sheets you. Off. All right, take care. Uh, I don't know if we have any other callers. Mike, I want to uh, jump right into you. Were talking about how the millennials are your number one demographic, but what's the number two demographic? I'm sitting here thinking: is it is it Gen X or is it Boomers? Or 
what's the right. what's the second well, place? Well, the, well, the other interesting demographic trend that's happening uh, is um, uh, that boomers are now uh, without uh, their children at home anymore, mm-hmm. and so they don't need the three, four, five, six thousand square foot house that's mm-hmm. in the suburbs. They want a change of lifestyle. They want to downsize. They're moving back to the inner city. They're buying a condo, yep. and uh, they want to be near culture that's walkable. Yep. They want the energy. They want to go to a jazz club. They want to experience those things, which they, they kind of gave up during the 20 years in which they, they spent raising their kids. I know how that is. So so <laughs> so we're, you and me both, we're, uh, uh, we're seeing that, which is a real nice – um, uh, blending, I feel, about the boomers mixing with the Gen Xers and the Gen Yers, mm-hmm. because you have multi-generational cross-fertilization. Call it mentoring, because you know those of us who are a little older uh, can mentor, even though the the these kids are smart as hell, oftentimes a lot smarter than I am. But um, don't give them too much credit. Uh, 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 but they They'll need, take advantage of us. But sometimes they need a little <laughs> bit of seasoning, and 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 hopefully we're we're able to provide that. You know, so they'll avoid maybe some of the mistakes we might have made in their careers and in their employment choices or starting up a new business or whatever, whatever endeavors. But I, but I think we're. Uh, uh, what's so exciting about what's, uh, these trends is that the, uh, that the diversity uh, in terms of ages, um, uh, uh, racial diversity, uh, um, uh, uh, people from all walks of life, people from foreign countries are now living all together, learning from each other, Absolutely. respecting each other's uh, uh, races, religions, lifestyles. It's tough, to, it's tough to peg the buyer at Mission Meridian, for example. Correct. Right now. It, it's all over the board. So yeah, we're going uh, uh, to go into our first break. Or, I'm sorry, our last break. We're here with Michael Deaton with Creative Housing Associates, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show on TalkZone.com. Here's Mike Bell. Welcome back to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show. We're here with Michael Deaton, and we're in our last segment. And there's uh, we could probably do two or three shows on all of this. This is fascinating. I appreciate you coming down, Mike. Um, you can always invite me back, and, and, really? and, and, and we'll hit all the issues that we didn't get. I've got uh, you on the we, air committing. That we weren't able to squeeze everything in <laughs> in one hour. So Okay, cool. Very cool. Uh, so let me give you a basic question. What are your biggest challenges? I mean, there's got to be um, – I mean, people want to get – I'm just sitting here thinking off the top of my head. People are trying to get away from their cars. Uh, they like the central core. They want to be in a walkable neighborhood. They like new construction. They want to get away from the car. We were talking a little bit about car culture in Los Angeles. And even for myself, I lived at Mission Meridian Village. I had a hard time letting go of my car, but I'm a real estate agent. It's a little bit different. But um, tell me about some of the solutions to help people with the car. Well, uh, um, our biggest challenges are dealing with the parking of what to do with the car. How yeah. do you house the car? Mm-hmm. And one of the most frustrating 
uh, parts of my business has been I'm a transit-oriented developer. I'm trying to get away from the car, yeah. but we end up spending 90% of our time uh, designing the parking structure. <laughs> and, and how does how do the how do we fit the cars in? Where's the ingress and egress for the car? And, and the ramping and the handicap parking and the the amount of money that goes into the garage and you turning radiuses and all the other stuff. And and it it ends up absorbing so much of the money that we want to contribute into the housing unit itself or the the community spaces or to the architecture and the design and so forth. So I'm real excited about something that's been introduced to me just very recently, and it's the automatic – it's the automated parking systems that are now being introduced in the United States. And uh, these are much uh, – they used to call it robotic parking. Uh, we're working with a company that's based here called Auto Park It. And uh, I saw their, their prototype on Monday in a small apartment house that they built in Van Nuys. And um, it, it was uh, zoned for uh, – uh, for eight units, but they couldn't build eight units because they didn't have enough room for those 16 cars. So what they did is they put in their parking system that now has 16 cars, and they built the eight units. And I, I went and saw how it worked, and Amazing. it's fantastic. And so what we're doing, actually tomorrow, is we're introducing this concept to the South Pasadena Unified School District to uh, to solve the the uh variety of different parking demands that we're going to have in that project because we're going to introduce a grocery store there with some restaurants. Mm -hmm. The school district itself has a number of employees and they have visitors because the school board Mm -hmm. meets there and we have the residents that live. So how do we park those in an efficient economic way? And I feel that this, the, the, the automated parking is going to be the future. And, and it's more cost effective. It's more space effective. It's more environmental. We can get a lead rating because there's no fumes. There's not cars queuing up down in a subterranean garage with spe- wasting yeah. gas and yep. spewing fumes and all those issues. And we're taking all that away and just making it much more efficient. We're seeing that trend. There's new parking at Santa Monica Hospital. Uh, uh, where they're, where they've introduced yep. this and we're going to see this more and more. So I think that that's a, a, a future trend, uh, that we're really going to see a lot of. The other big trend is, um, uh, smaller size, of b- both homes, single family homes, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and apartments and, and condominiums. There's a, the whole small home, home, uh, uh, uh movement. Um, it, you know, like I'm always kind of amazed when I walk into a 5,000 square foot house, and then if you really look carefully, you know, you find out that the people live in one small corner yeah. of the house. Mm-hmm. The rest, of, you know, they use the dining room. They have a thousand square foot dining room that they use on Thanksgiving. Yes. Uh, it, it, if you're not invited to your in-laws, they, they have a huge living room that 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 might still be uh, uh, draped in sheets because they they want to keep the dust off it because nobody uses yep. it, and they use a small little corner, and, and it's a complete waste of space. It, it costs a fortune to build that, costs a fortune to heat and cool it, and I think now and to this, maintain it, you just have you always have a housekeeper, somebody in there. There's you know, always vacuuming something. it and, oh, and all yeah. all the rest, and, and I think now people are 
saying, hey, I don't need it, so I don't want yeah. it. You know, you know, what we need to start to do is take the ego out of the dwelling unit. Mm-hmm. You know, it, you know, it, it get back to the practical where it can be beautiful, it can be well designed, it can be a great place to live, but it's not excess. It's not a waste of space. You know, let's put the space in our outdoor areas and our gardens and, and where it's healthy and you want to be outside and you want to be riding your bike or you want to be walking with your family in the park and those sorts of things. That, that's where living really should take place. Let, let's, let's get out of the house and out into the yard and to the community and the bike path and the jogging trail and be healthy. We have an obesity problem in this country. Uh, uh, people spend way too much time in front of the computer, in front of the TV set, eating foods that are not healthy yeah. for them. These are the trends that, that we want to get away from. Uh, um, um, in our developments, we want health food stores. We want restaurants that serve very healthy diets. And uh, uh, this is where the future is going. Yeah, that's. I think that if you can get something going in, that's, in South Pasadena, it's just a no-brainer. I want to play with that uh, that parking system. How does it work? You were talking about you'd have an app on your phone, and you could just kind of say, "Hey, I'm going to be ready for in five minutes, and your your car will be delivered." Yes, it, it's a it, it's just quite an amazing system uh, that we experienced on Monday. Uh, uh, you're right; the, the, uh, people can have an app on their phone, and um, let's say that. Uh, 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 you have to go to work at, at, at 7.30 in the morning. At 7 o'clock, you, you type in your app and say, I'm going to be ready at 7.30. I'm going to go and take a shower now, get dressed, and then I'll be my, I want my car available at 7.30. You take the elevator down into your garage, and boom, your car is going to be there waiting for you, pointed in the right direction. You don't have to uh, turn it around and, or wait for other people or anything like that, queuing out to get out of your garage. It's just right there. You just drive off. And the same is true when you come back home that uh, you can you can alert the garage that that you're coming home and that the garage door will come up when you when you drive in and you drive right in and and the system takes your car, parks it for you. You know, by the time that you're up in your apartment, your 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 car has already been parked and stored for the evening and and it's safe uh, and um uh, it, it's just a uh, incredible system. I think that um, if you do just when you do build it, hopefully you do build it. Uh, we give people no more than seven minutes to play with the system because I could see myself being there for two hours and having some fun with this. Thing. Well, uh, uh, we'll <laughs> let you. We'll let you do that. We'll let you do that, and uh, uh, that uh, yeah, I'd be more than happy to uh, uh, to share all of <laughs> well, that. Well, my kids will want to do it. My my five and my seven year old would have an absolute blast. Yeah. Well, I want a Maserati, Dad. Or <laughs> the other thing that's amazing about it too is is that. Um, the safety issue, uh, um, because especially for women in these multifamily projects uh, uh, with subterranean parking, et cetera, women have concerns, which are totally sure. legitimate, and they want to be very safe. They want to feel safe. It's the most important thing. You know, you're sure. you're in the business. You're in the business of selling real estate. The, the most important thing are people's safety. And with this automated parking system, if somebody else gets in the garage, the cameras pick that up and they shut the system down and it sets off an alarm. And so women wow. women are particularly protected. They're safe. Nobody can sneak in or the system just completely shuts down. Wow. That's amazing. So well, we all of a sudden we're out of time. 
Wow. This has been fantastic. This is the quickest hour of my life. I know. I told you it was going to be quick. Thank you so much for coming, Mike. I really appreciate it. This was a pleasure. And and, and one more more advertisement. Mike and I actually are Gonzaga Bulldogs. That's right. And uh, I I didn't graduate from there. I went on and went to Berkeley. I didn't stay, but, but Mike's a graduate of... Zaggy University in Spokane, Washington. We want to say hello to all our bulldog friends. Absolutely. Go Zags, right? That's it for this week's show. We'll be back next week, same time. And don't forget to visit my website, themikebellteam.com, and give me a call if I can help you with anything in real estate anywhere in the nation. Talk to you later. The opinions expressed in the Mike Bell Real Estate Show are solely those of the hosts and do not reflect the opinions of anyone at TalkZone.com, Keller Williams Realty, any board of realtors, or anyone for that matter. Always hire a real estate attorney when making real estate decisions. Do not try any of this at home.